Hello and welcome to another episode of the Thought Leadership Academy podcast and the Speak Your Legacy series, where we get to meet the most amazing, beautiful, conscious, mission-driven entrepreneurs on this planet. I got the chance to attract into my into my sphere, let's say. And today I'm so grateful to have Sandra Hasley with me. Thank you for coming on the show, Sandra. I'm so, so happy to be here. Oh, wonderful. Me too. I am looking forward to this conversation. Today, we are going to dive into the topic that has to do with family and generational patterns and how you as a conscious leader, conscious entrepreneur, the ones listening and watching this episode can reprogram and repattern and find the empowerment in your history, in your lineage, but at the same time also find a way for you to be even more yourself. And Sandra, would you like to share a bit more about what is this topic about for you? Uh, I love this topic so much. <laughs> I love it so much because it's um, it's it's so unique to every single person. Every even even every single person within each family nucleus, it's different. But it's also such it's it's common to everyone at the same time. The overarching theme is so common to everybody, and I think that there's more suffering than um, success when it comes to the legacy piece in people's lives. So when I was, it was this, it was this summer coming into the fall that this started to really hit me. Like I was coming out of a, um, a kind of a nervous system crash that I didn't see coming. I've, you know, I've got a health background. I'm a former division one athlete. Like I'm very good at knowing how to nutritionally take care of myself, um, breathe, move, take breaks, schedule my day around my energy. And then um, it didn't, it didn't matter anyway. Apparently my body was kind of too out of homeostasis to let any of that stuff really hit me. And so I spent the fall and late August, like into the fall season, really doing um, all the modalities I could find. What's Reiki? Let me try that. <laughs> Let me do it. Salt floats, salt caves. Let me do ionic foot detoxes, sauna therapy, like all this stuff. And it was in one of my um, salt float therapy sessions that I felt like I just got this transmission, this download, and it had everything to do with legacy. And I don't think that I've ever considered the word legacy before as it relates yeah. to me until that point. And so I've been hanging on to this for the last several months being like, oh my gosh, like I got so much out of that. And for me, the legacy piece was, um, you know, my, on both sides of the family, the conversation has always been around the grandfathers has always been such hard workers. They're such hard workers because mm -hmm. these are men who, um, you know, kind of had to build themselves right early turn of the century, twenties and thirties. And in my book, I talked about, um, a, por a portion of that because it relates to who we are and how we feel we can get along in this world. Like whether you know it or not, you've got subconscious programming and coding from your family and whether you were raised with, you know, um, adoptive parents or foster care or friends that raised you or whatever, it's the, it's the people in your life that raised you during those formative years. And I'm, I'm looking back at these stories and, and the people that I know, like the men in my life, the, the, the patriarchal leadership, the hand-me-down information from generation to generation and starting with my great-grandfather this, this was a man who was well-respected. I have one picture of him. He's in a three-piece suit. He's handsome. He's like standing with a briefcase in the middle of this big town square. And, um, and I found out during the same time that um, he was the one 
who died when my grandfather was about five years old and he had four brothers and sisters. There's five kids. He's, they're all under 10. And my great grandmother is left with no idea what to do. You know, this is, we're coming into the depression and they've got, um, she's got to do something. So this man who like, they were set up with education and they weren't like wealthy. They were just like doing well, you know, doing fine, regular people doing a great job. And she ended up marrying the town drunk and, um, the, the five kids and my great grandmother, um, they got abused really badly. And, one day my grandfather came home um, watched, to watch his, he came home from school to see his mother being beaten so badly that she was unconscious. And, um, and so he, at eight years old, took, I think it was a bat, I'm told he took a, something like a long thing, something like a bat or some kind of a wooden long stick or something. And he beat this man until he was unconscious. And I remember him telling me, I knew I had to hit him until he looked like he was sleeping because if he, oh. woke, if he woke up or got up, he'd kill me. So he ran away and he never came back and he left uh, with a third grade education into the world and he suffered. He didn't have love. He didn't have shelter. He didn't have money. He didn't have successes. He didn't have an education. He no longer had a family to take care of him. This is a man who during those formative years of finding out who you are and what you can do in the world and what's possible for you, he found out that he had like nothing you know, mm -hmm. and that was the, that was what shaped who he was. So he ended up marrying my great, my grandmother who had traveled the world. Her father was a military man in England. Um, she's been all over the place, but uh, a really negative mindset. So the two of these guys got together. They had four kids. My father was the youngest, the only boy. Yeah. So he was the one that was the legacy was handed down to. And the kind of legacy this looked like was a legacy of you no know, love, suffering, abuse, and so while my father didn't get it as bad, for sure, my dad was a small man, short in stature. And so for his age group, you know, how men are comparing themselves with size, you know, and strength as they grow up, um, he's getting picked on. He's a poor farm boy. He's getting picked on. He's small. And um, if he got beat up at school, my grandfather would see him with a bloody face or bruises or something, put him in the truck. And we, they'd go find those kids who did it. And my grandfather would make my dad fight them until he won. And if he didn't, he'd come home, and get another beating. Oh, wow. So yeah. that would be, if he lost, that's three, three beatings in one day. Yeah. Meanwhile, my dad had a very high, he's still alive. He's, he has a very high IQ and he skipped two grades in high school, but he's small. And he didn't hit a growth spurt until later. So he's already shorter than the, than the boys his, in his grade. And then now he's with two years older boys with, who are way bigger. And my dad was a really good athlete. He was very, very smart. He was charming. He was handsome. Um, he, was, he was good on the horse. He, he used to do rodeo. So he, he had friends and he got along, but he still got picked on by uh, a math teacher in his school. And he learned from his father how to handle conflict by fighting. And so he took the math teacher outside one day, basically said, like, you want to do this? And the math yeah. teacher said, yeah. And my dad knocked him out in front of all of his classmates and got kicked out of school. So both of these men in my life have been beaten and abused, left school early without an education, out mm -hmm. in the world on their own. And here's the legacy that gets handed down. So yeah. as, as I am coming into the story, like the legacy split, where, where I, I just kind of 
finally got illuminated with this, this knowledge that my dad shifted from where my grandfather was because my grandfather came from a place of no success, struggle all his life, believed and assumed that he had to get just enough. Like I, I, I don't, he, he couldn't even imagine dreaming bigger than that. It was like, I just need to survive. So mm. all the money, three jobs at a time, sometimes always two though, mm. have to work just to pay the bills. Never even got out of his mortgage in his seventies when he died, he still had a mortgage. Mm. So this is a man who couldn't even mentally get past the idea of just enough versus any kind of abundance whatsoever. And my father, the, the shift, so the fork in the road was the grandfather who died, the great grandfather died. We were going to be on a normal track, right? And, and it's, yeah. things are going to be okay. And then it forked with the introduction of a new man after my grandfather's death. And then that's when everything started to decline. My father lifted that graph a little bit by coming up and seeing success in a way that he had some stability in home. So he was able to do sports and things. He was able to excel in school. And so he found a baseline of success. So for my father, the legacy started to shift with, I can do it. Yeah. I can do it. And, and that was handed to me. So mm. my father went from his getting, getting thrown out of school and being a, like, he was a, a, a blacksmith, a farrier, shoot horses for a living. He was in the rodeo championship rodeo. And he was shooing horses for a man in his, in his stable, had a conversation with this man about the company he owned. My dad gave him a good idea. The guy hired him on the spot. He is now the president of the world's largest fundraising corporation because mm. he believed that he could. Mm. However, he never made the money that all the others in the industry make yeah. because it wasn't for him. He could succeed, but he couldn't necessarily imagine the wealth. Yeah. So yeah, you start to see the caps, right? Yeah. And the thing is, when as you start sharing your story, we can all get it. I mean, my invitation for the ones listening and watching is to start to reflect on that for your own family because we don't always do that. We are, you know, as we go through our life, we are the person who is in the center of attention. We are the, you know, the we are main the character. main main <laughs> character, right? And I know for myself, a couple of years ago, I accidentally came um, across in the in the festival um, a family constellation. I had no idea what it was with with those dolls, and it was an eye opening experience to see the the how they experience their lives, how my grandfather, how my grandmother, how my father, how my mother, like just having their point of view of what happened in their life, and something that really came across at that point was that we are always we all trying to do our best what we think will make us happy necessarily we might think well that they maybe made a mistake or someone is you know my father or my mother or someone you know we all there's a lot of ideas of that could have been better because we have this idea that we could have done it a bit better with our mind in how we are thinking but in the in the end nobody's really trying to not be happy we're yes. all trying to be happy and yes. what this invites us to do and I love that you're sharing it so thank you so much for sharing a bit about yeah. you know your grandparents and the lineage is that those decisions they are making in the moment and they they're trying their best they're trying their best like having three jobs and they're trying their best to, to take care of their family they're trying nobody wants to hate their 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 father or nobody wants that 
But at some point, they're thinking of how can I live my life and survive and be happy? And more than that, how can I thrive? So it's really an invitation to have compassion and having an understanding that our lives are so different. And what I am able to think and feel is not what the other person is thinking and feeling. And just that already in itself can be so healing, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's the, the, I love the invitation to see yourself in it because this is what, you know, I've, I've done this in trainings too. Like, as I speak, please walk alongside me with your family and and imagine your space in my, like, and track with the, with the, whatever kind of theology or, or concepts or mindset that your family brought with you because they didn't know they were doing it without being intentional about the legacy that you have, because you do, you are leaving one, whether you know it or not, like whether you're intentional or not, you get to leave a legacy and you're, they're going to pick up whatever they do. So you have a chance to create something that you decide to. And regardless of hardship, regardless of opportunity, you can create things in your life that leave a mark to, to, to basically fertilize the roots of the family members that are coming up. And, you know, I, I, I look at these, these codings from the poverty and struggle and suffering and and then they shift into ability to succeed, but not get wealth. And I look at myself in the timeline and where can I shift that further? Okay. So yes. success, I knew success was possible for me. I, I had that given to me in the coding. It's all in the language, how they said things, who they talked about, what they talked about, yes. people or events, ideas, or, you know, complaining or opportunity. And these are the codings that we hear over and over and over for a decade, two decades. And that's how we are hardwired. So it, it, it takes intentionality to decide, can mm-hmm. I shift this? Can I improve it? I don't look back at my family with any amount of resentment or shame because I know, like you said, they were doing their best for whatever joy they could grab. And they had so much less in terms of resources than mm-hmm. we do even. It's just a hundred years later and we've got so much freedom to, to decide. And so when we, we I, I picture it kind of like a, a foundation of a house where you, you move into this old Victorian home and it's beautiful but it's rotting on the inside in certain places and the bricks are becoming unstable and you know it needs roof repair. So you don't raise the house down and burn it, you repair the pieces that are broken. So if there's legacy pieces that have been coded into you that are harmful or neglectful or you know rotting away at who you are and what you could do, you don't, you don't trash your family and imagine that you have nothing to give anymore and you're a waste and there's no point. You replace the pieces with a better coding for your legacy yeah. to go forward so that when your kids move into that house or yeah. your friends, or if you don't have children, the people in your space, that they can move into a house that's like, this is pretty good. And when things start to shift and I start to become aware, I can replace the pieces that don't serve me well while still maintaining this beautiful house, yeah. the namesake, the pride, the love and the appreciation for what was brought to you so that you could go forward. Absolutely. And it's really going through life. And especially as we're talking, many of uh, our listeners are, and, and the ones watching it on YouTube uh, are building a legacy business. And I, I speak to about it as a legacy business, as this is your, your business is a part, it's your second skin of yes. what you're creating. So it's about allowing yourself to, to fuel a shift and to see that what I'm doing, the way I'm speaking, the intention I'm setting, uh, the words I'm using, the, the vision, the abundance, the generosity, the, the, the empathy I have 
for what my creation is all part of my legacy. It's not only in the lineage of how do I spend my time when I go home uh, to be with my kids or my, with my husband or my wife. It's how do I show up? And I would love to hear about how you approach a legacy business and how do you help your clients to, to really work on this coding and recoding when it comes to lineage? This is why I knew this podcast was going to be so much fun because <laughs> this is so important to the people that we serve. It's like, you know, you're serving with your gifts, with, with what you're so passionate about. It couldn't be separated from your legacy anyway. Yes. And so, um, you know, the, the, how I help people is, and, and what I, what I try to take in through my day for my own life too, is, you know, forgiveness is a piece of your legacy. Are you, are you quick to forgive? Are you quick to assume or are you quick to assume that they were doing their best? Are you, you know, with, when I look at the people in my life and which ones kind of side-eyed people and which ones said, oh, they probably just don't worry about it. They're just like, how do you approach the humans in your space? Whether it's your clients, whether it's your family, your spouse, your partner, the kids, you know, we, we are in a, we are in a, passionate serving position and this is our legacy and because of that it can be dangerous to imagine that this is the thing that's most important and so we can forget to be intentional about those like auxiliary and accidental moves that we make in the world that directly affect the relationships in our family too we're so careful with our clients and with our audience are we as careful with our family and Mm. you know and I, I think that if we are trying to navigate the world where we take our time and organize it the right way so that we can work and have a family and we're doing this as entrepreneurs, then we better make sure, I think it's our responsibility as a legacy, as a, as a human being with a nervous system and with health and just focus and heart. I think it's important for all the reasons. Where, where are you putting your energy during the day for your business? And are you giving your family and friends leftovers at the end of it? Mm. And if you are, without shaming yourself, without feeling awful, without realizing that you've been maybe hurting them, you know, where can you improve? Can you switch the the movements in your day so that the energy that you have for your clients is primed for them at the right time? And can you reorganize that time so that there is prime energy somewhere else in the day to serve and show up present with your family? Because I know that when I'm burnt out, when I'm frustrated and angry, when I haven't taken time to pray and meditate in the morning before I go into my day, I always leave the day a little bit chaotic, frantic for sure. My kids get my, and I've got four kids and they get the energy that's like, okay, who's doing what? Where's everybody? Who needs a ride? You know, Mm. it's it's, versus me coming up and being like, drop the phone on the counter, face down, mute, do not disturb, hug the kids. Whoever comes up to me, I don't have to say, wait a second. I can say everything's dropped for you. And what you will remember is that mom dropped everything for you to hug you, to love you, to look at you, you know? And so those kinds of legacies are so important. So with the clients too, like with people, when you're serving your clients, I think that the integrity piece is important to you too where show up with your clients the same way you would show up with all the humans so Mm. that everybody can speak into your life while you're still here. And after you're gone, living legacy and legacy left, that they would also be able to echo the sentiment that you showed up with everything you had for all the people, not just the people who paid you. Yes. And so that's, I think that's the most important, there's that awareness, the awareness that what's your family giving you? What can you leave behind and then build from? The belief in, can I do it? Can I do more than that? 
if I don't believe that, what's stopping me from actually believing that? Mm. And then really the choice to be intentional and to say, I'm going to fix this. This is what I desire for my living legacy and the one I leave behind. And so I'm going to design it in a certain way that feels good for everybody. I'll make mistakes and improve as I go. And that's the best I can do no matter what. Yes. Beautiful. And I, what I'm hearing a couple of um, key points that I want to go deeper on the one that you mentioned on forgiveness. And I think forgiveness is such an important one of keeping your heart open and keeping yourself open to, uh, you know, we mentioned before in the lineage that they didn't know better and you don't know better when some, when we make mistakes and we don't even see it as a mistake sometimes, but someone else might see it as a mistake later on realizing forgiveness for ourselves, forgiveness for others and having those type of, you know, even for clients that sometimes it happens in entrepreneurship that we have, you know, hard, let's say hard clients or partnerships that aren't working and we don't feel valued for some reason. And that's okay because we can also have the forgiveness of someone being stressed or someone being having a hard day and say, that's fine. You know, you can still keep loving. You can still be there. And you mentioned something about integrity and I want to um, talk about one I remember one of our clients we were having a, I work on female leadership with one of our products called she leads and we talked about communication and the importance of um, communication of you know in that openness and respect for whoever is in front of us no matter how triggered they are and it can be hard because when we talk we are learned to have conflicts and arguments and switching to not getting triggered and staying in your power and staying in your presence and love and kindness and respect. And one client of mine asked me, but Daria, but why do I have to do this? Why if they are not reacting? Why, why me? Why me? Why me? Why do I need to do this work? And then she said, oh, because she leads, because that's the name of the program. It's you lead. So it's really about that inner leadership of it, it's tough sometimes to feel like, why do I have to do it? You know, yes. it's like, you know, this responsibility. Why do I have to be the smarter yes. person in the room? Why do they get to scream and, and, and get angry and say all these things? Why do I need to stay in my power? Because you are a leader and leaders do that. And if you want to leave a lead, like I say, it's really about that, right? It's about staying your power and coming back. Like you're saying, like, if your choice is to be, a leader, how do you want to show up for your kids? Do you want to show up in the presence? How do you want to show up for your partner? Do you want to leave the leftovers to him or or her? How do you want to show up for your clients? Is there a conditioning? Is there a validation? You need to be in my programs for me to love you. Like yes. it's really a choice. Yes. About am I showing up in my leadership? Because every moment I do, I am building a legacy of people remember me of doing my best absolutely oh when you said when you said about the why do I have to yeah. oh like do you know how many years I spent in the why do I have to yeah. with the you know li- coming from commercial real estate all men all men 15 to 25 years older than me mm. no voice nobody cared oh she could get the coffee excuse me I'm on the deal actually no like but you know just frustrated resentful like and why do I have to be the one to suck it up? Why do I have to be the one to forgive and let go? Why do I have to be the, because 
if they already don't see you as somebody who's important enough to have a voice, you think that whining and complaining is going to get you in a better position. So when when I look at the coding, also mm-hmm. legacy piece, right? Moved up. Have, have they complained a lot? Have they said, why me? Why do I have to work so hard? I'm always doing this for you. Nobody's ever showing up for me. I work so hard and nobody appreciates it. What is the coding that's been handed yeah. down? And can you choose to let it go? It takes work because this is coding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, but once you're aware of it, once you believe you can change it, you get to make a choice and say it is more important. And, you know, the, the, the why do I have to? It's because, like you said, if you're going to leave, that's the job of a leader is to yeah. show them what to do better. And it's uncomfortable, especially at first, it's uncomfortable to say, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swallow my pride. I'm not going to let ego take front seats. I'm going to put it in the trunk and I'm going to drive again with love yeah. and compassion and assume the best. Instead yeah. of the worst, I'm always going to assume the best that they, if, if I feel triggered, it's because something in the space was triggered and yeah. I've got an old wound there and maybe they do too. And since we're not talking about the wound in the client moment, can we just talk about whatever that conversation needed to be in the moment instead of allowing the triggers to all of a sudden sabotage the yeah. progress that we're making? And this is the, you know, as a leader, it's like, it gets easier, it gets yeah. easier to say, I don't have to be right about everything. I don't have to prove it to them. I don't have to make them understand and and show them all the ways that I've shown up and given and been generous and been patient. I don't have to prove it to them. They know. Can we assume that they all know? Like we're not dealing with stupid people throughout the day. Not not our clients for sure, you know, not our family members always. (laughs) But like, can we please just assume? And assume assume the best that they get it and they see it and they understand it. They might not appreciate it, but they see it. So we don't have to prove ourselves. Yeah. And we do get to leave situations that are harmful and not helpful. But can we give ourselves a chance to forgive first and lead with love so that we can see if that relationship is worth leaving or is it worth building from? Because all of a sudden we have an awareness instead of just this habit of interacting in this way that's toxic, client vendor, partner, family, all of it. And then say, I'm doing my best. I'm showing up with love. I'm forgiving first. And I'm truly letting go every time I forgive and I forgive again, every time I feel it. If I feel like it's taking away from my humanity or my mental health or physical health, then I I need to really be aware of whether or not I suffer on purpose or if this is improving at all. And I, and I think that, you know, probably for your audience too, is that as conscious entrepreneurs, we're aware that you need to be choosing and selecting clients to work with that fit you very well, like the best so that you can give your absolute best to them. That's how you give your best is by picking the people that mesh with you so well. So I don't imagine that there's going to be many people listening that are going to be like, yeah, I always get these like major duds for clients. They just like (laughs) never get me, you know, like I think that, but there's moments, right? And so I think it's choosing in the moment. Exactly. It's not the person, it's the action. And it's about separating the both that we all have those moments and that we have, and that's okay. That's fine. It's, you know, it's just forgiveness and coming back to love and not question that the intention. I think the, we've talked about integrity. Integrity is one of the core values of our, our company. And, and I truly believe that if you lead with integrity and you lead, like we mentioned before, like really being aware of your legacy and, and thinking how can I do my best? Not questioning your heart, not yes. questioning. If you know that you are there and your heart is open and you are 
forgiving and you're doing it, that's enough. You are enough. There's nothing else to do. It's just about that is more than enough. It's already amazing because then you're open to this recoding that we talked about, the reprogramming, you're allowing you to step into abundance, yes. stepping into, oh, what's else there? Because you're leaving space. You're literally leaving space in your body to, to expand into something bigger because you're not carrying so much because it takes time to you know you, you carry that if you have all the lineage and all the re resentment for your past and what you didn't get it's heavy the oh, moment yeah. you get that off and you start to forgive and you start to open and you 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 feel that I'm leading in my integrity I'm leading with my heart open I am I'm committed to be my best in present for myself and everyone around me you're amazing. You're already amazing. There's nothing else. That is, and that is such a bright light in the world. Like you said, yeah. like that, that what you just described is so beautiful on every human. Whenever you can see that on somebody or nobody's ever, nobody is ever unimpressed by that. Like when yeah. you see somebody walk in the world like that, you're always like, yes, like, yes. Okay. Yeah. That's what we, we need more of that energy, that, that heart, that conversation. And like, wow, did she let that roll off? Wow. Maybe I could let a few more things roll out. She let that roll off. Like I'm really impatient that I might need to work. It's this illumination, this awareness yes. when we see leaders doing it right. And that's how we can see this living legacy play out where we don't have to like cross our fingers on our deathbed and hope that somebody cared and, and hope that somebody like took what we had and used something and, and, you know, grew from it in some way. We're watching it happen every day in all these yeah. little ways, big ways. It's like, you get to witness the flames that you're lighting on earth and they, they can cover the globe. I, I picture this like Dario, when you, yeah, I, I was saying the other day during that, um, that class that I did on legacy. And I was, um, talking about how I, I picture these women that, that were serving as entrepreneurs. I picture them as these lamps, these oil lamps yeah. that have a wick that are just sitting there and you're going out and you are sparking the flame because they're the power. They have the power. They've got the kerosene in there. They've got the engine and fuel and all that. You're all you're doing is lighting the match and then you walk away and they're burning and they're on and everyone can see them and they're lighting up the streets. And if you panned out from your life, however long we get to be here. And if, you, if, if we were able to like pull back on the earth and look over our timeline and see where those lights were, we have no idea how many other lights are sparked from that one lamp. And yes. I just picture it blazing the world open. And that's one person. So, you know, like you think about some of these entrepreneurs that might be listening, like if you're listening and you think, yeah, but I, oh, I've had a client lately. Or I've only had a couple. I can't get consistency. I can't get all this stuff. If you, I swear, I never believed it until it happened that you serve with your heart first and then the money comes. I never believed it until I decided to like, I had no other choice but to try. Yeah. I don't know who Abe Lincoln's mom was. I have no idea what Martin Luther King's mom's name is. I don't know who, you know, Oprah's mom. I don't know her name. Yeah. But the world knows their kid. And that was one yeah. kid. Yes. And so if even if you invested in one client, even if you're a stay at home mom and you're trying to get something going, focus and be present on what you have right here, because you have really important work to do. It's so important. And we miss it because we're yeah. focused on the success. But yeah. like there's so many forms of success. And we have this legacy that's like just such a treasure to, to take care of. Yeah. And it actually brings a lot of success if you do it, because like you said, it's, it's something that shines through. And, you know, I've, my partner and I, we've done six TEDx talks and I've declined two. And the four that came my way, two that I, I actually took on, two that I didn't, 
all came from me just speaking. It wasn't me trying to, I was speaking what I was passionate about, what I was living, what I was trying, what I was exploring. And that brought that, you know, real passion brought this real interest of come and speak on our stage, share yes. that. With the note. And that is the thing when, when my book, my first book, the same, it's most of the times when people come and ask me like, how do I get those big opportunities for being involved in big like publications, wherever? Most of the times, yes, there's some strategy, but honestly, most of the times it has to do with being so committed to your heart being open and being your legacy and leading and just like this is what I care about this is what I care about I care about my kids I care about how I show up for my husband my or my wife I care about this because this is what really I've seen has this is the legacy I want to leave so in where we choose to live that way it's impossible not to succeed because it's impossible Yeah. So it's, it's beautiful. You know, the, it really is impossible. Cause when you, when you look at the people that are like, Nope, I've been trying, I've been trying. Have you been trying? Have you actually committed? Or are you wasting a lot of time being frustrated and comparing when you could be using that time to be committed? You know, like yeah. the, so even, the, even in those moments, there's, there's people that think that they are committed, but they're not, cause they're not focused on their passion. They're focused on what they haven't thought yet. Yeah. And like the, mm-hmm. you know, this is leading with the passion finding these things come to you. That's that that's where my greatest jumps have been in terms of success, success and, and financial wealth. And they've always come from there first. And I'm coming from a finance background with university and going into corporate real estate where it didn't matter what your passion was at all. Where, mm. uh, where are the numbers? What do you have? Show me your stuff. It was always about that. So coming into the entrepreneurial service world was a total rattling of what are you talking? That's not how the world works. What do you mean lead with your heart? What do you mean like passion and integrity first? It's like, it's a numbers game. No, that is one paradigm, but this is not the way we get to operate if we don't want, it doesn't feel good, but I didn't know there was another way. So believing and trusting that passion came first was like insane to me. I was like, no, that sounds like a really good fairy tale, but like, I wish it was true, but it's not. So like, what do I have to do? Stop doing so much. Stop loving, start loving what you do, finding what you love to do. And that's where it's all come from. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love to hear if there's something that you do in, um, as a daily practice or maybe a weekly practice that helps you to find an, a routine or, or a consistency or habit when it comes to reprogramming this lineage. Mm-hmm. Is there something that you do maybe as you go through the day or you notice that, you know, maybe vocabulary that you're saying or something's coming up that how do you clean that? How do you work with that? Amazing question. Um, because that's the game, right? It's like, how do you stay? Yeah. Once you feel good, how do you stay feeling good (laughs) in the day? So it's, um, it's really important for me. Um, I'm going to start with the nighttime first because that's what kicks it off for me is when I go to bed at night, you know, um, right before I kind of, right before I pray after I've journaled, if I journal, I'm not always consistent with journaling at night, but, um, I always take inventory at night so that my day is better because the inventory is, Um, I start with, okay, what did you do really well? What are you proud of yourself for, Sandra? Like, um, where were the blessings? Where are the gifts? Where are the surprises? Where are the little miracles? Okay, great. And then I feel so good about that. And I start looking for all the good in the day, right? It's a habit to look for the good. And then I go, okay, where could you improve? Where could you see some supportive elements helping you out? Like, where did you feel like you were less proud? 
can you do better? What can you do better if that situation occurs again? And I'm like, okay. And so I'm, I'm doing it with like grace and love and forgiveness for myself. And then it kind of go right into prayer. And that's what sinks into my sleep. Mm-hmm. And then when I wake up, it's prayer and meditation before I start my day. Like I don't get out of bed until I start feeling good in my whole body. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get out of my bed. And so it's a matter of if I'm not feel like if my migraine arthritis, if something is feeling off or I know I didn't get enough sleep, I have to put aside, I consciously put aside the feelings that my body is having. And I allow my mind to start driving this vehicle today. Mm. And so I don't get out of bed. If I, if I get out of bed, let my feet hit the floor before I know I'm feeling really good, hopeful, inspired, creative, loved, then it's going to be a reactionary kind of morning. I'm going to react a lot. I've got four children who are going to go to school. (laughs) Like I'm going to react. So it's, it's that. And then in the moment, because I think because of that practice, honestly, and because I'm, I'm always trying to learn and take in as much as I can and use other people as my um, examples in the world and how to improve. Like when I like how somebody says something or does something, I kind of go, I could do that better. I'm looking for it. And Mm -hmm. so when I feel myself react, it's usually, I think that we need to, to not, also listen to how you speak, but focus on how you feel. How do you feel when somebody says something? Is it hitting you in your chest or your stomach? Does it make your like head tense up? That's what you need. That's a, that's a trigger. That is something to look at. What, why are you upset with it? What could you do better? Does it even matter? Are you just doing this because you're habited into reacting this way for something like this? Cause that's what the legacy was handed down. Every time somebody said something like that to your mom, she was like, Oh my gosh, could you believe that they, and that's how you react? Or is it really something that bothers you and what can you do? So it's again, that the awareness, like loving yourself, nurturing yourself in a spiritual way at the end of the night, at the beginning of the morning, bookending your days like that so that you can really give yourself as much chance as you can to have a foundation that's solid in love and legacy for the day and then like again choosing can you choose that the legacy is more important and that all of these opportunities are like gifts they're treasures throughout the day they're opportunities for you to do a good job and you will mess it up and you Mm -hmm. have to forgive yourself and be okay with it because the fact that you're even being intentional is like way better than so many people are doing right now and you will affect good change like that so awareness when you're on your calls with your clients awareness of how your body feels when you get up before you get on a call with somebody, before you start doing your programs, before you send that email or text or box, how do you feel before you do it? Because if you aren't feeling great and peaceful with a big open heart and like a deep breath, something's up there and look at it before you take action because that might not be the legacy piece that you want to leave in the day. It might, it might turn sour on you. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Sandra. There's so much value in this episode and i'm sure that you know there are bits and pieces that are coming together and getting integrated into our audience mind and hearts and i would love to hear where can people go deeper and and explore more of this work that you do with lineage and when it comes to really uh reprogramming us to abundance the success to joy to integrity yeah well i'm doing a um I'm doing a, I'm actually going to be going to be doing a series on legacy, but it will be closed. It will be closed soon enough. And I think that one of the, I've got two legacy programs. One is a, um, one is a remastering of a program that I ran live. And the other one is a live program that I'll do annually. And so 
those two pieces can always be like all of my, all of my offerings and my live programs and events can be found on my website, which is sandrahasley.com. And most of the, most of the live interaction work that I do and the postings that I do are on Facebook and I'm a little bit active on Instagram as well, but um, I always respond to everything, but the, the conversations that I'm having where I love interacting with people um, on social media are going to be Facebook and Instagram. And then you know, the, it's in terms of working with me and going into these programs and diving deeper, that's always going to be on my website. It stays updated. And, um, and I just, but I love, I love having those, like even those little, that little chat back and forth, one sentence, two sentences, even in the comments about things like this, you know, how you can get illuminated with one of those things on social media. And you're like, that really helped me today. So any of those ways is great. Amazing. Yeah, we'll share all this in the description below so you can go deeper and do reach out to Sandra and share a bit also what you took away from today because we all have, you know, with all different stories, experience and the family lineage, there are certain things that maybe hit you more than others or maybe spoke to you or inspired you to, to reflect on this or actually take action. Whatever that comes up, do share because from sharing, you also get to verbalize that and you get to anchor this episode even more. And of course, in the comment below, if you want to share, maybe if you want to tag someone that you think will be really happy to explore in this episode about lineage and how we can live a legacy business and the legacy life as we go through consciously with integrity and create from that space so sandra thank you so much for being here with me today i really enjoyed this episode and it has oh, been such thank a pleasure thank you so much it was wonderful this is a great way to start my day <laughs> oh wonderful yes thank you sandra thank you everyone and i'll see you next time until then enjoy and and build with your heart with your missions with the alignment have a wonderful day